Hi, and welcome to the third episode of That Sick Dude. Today, I'm going to be talking about Edward Gein, the butcher of Plainfield. So, he was raised by Augusta and George Gein. Augusta was described as a thick-set, buxom woman. She was very intimidating and was very, very stern. Like, she had a stern face. And she was brought up to obey strict code conduct, which her father didn't hesitate to reinforce with regular beatings. And she was raised in an extremely strict household with very religious beliefs. George was described as a strong, straight man. He had a reserved and even dignified manner. And he was an orphan as a young boy. His family... Well, it was said that his family died in the Mississippi River, probably drowned because of flooding. So he didn't have a stable home or a family, really. And... um. In his life, he worked many jobs. He worked on a railroad, he worked as a carpenter, an insurance salesman, but it was rumored that he couldn't keep a job because he liked to drink and he would spend all of his money on alcohol. So Augusta liked George because he was a pushover and Augusta was verbally abusive towards George and she would do it in public too um she would call him like worthless and like good for nothing and a lazy dog and yeah she would do it in public as well and George would go to a local tavern after work and get drunk and when he went back home he would beat Augusta because that was the only way he stood up to her And when he beat Augusta, she went on her hands and knees and prayed to God to kill her husband. Like, (laughs) yo, okay, what? But Augusta still stayed with him because she wanted a family. She craved, like, like, having children. So in January 1902, um, the firstborn Henry came. And in 1906, Edward was born. And um, they all lived in La Crosse in Wisconsin. Um, But in 1915, Augusta forced George to leave the sinkhole of filth, which was La Crosse. And they moved to a 155-acre farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Augusta kept her sons away from society and anything she considered dangerous and sinful. And she kept her sons away from, I quote, those sinful, whorish women, end quote. So she highly disliked prostitutes and she thought that every woman beside her was a whore. And Augusta would make her kids do chores around the farm um, and they would go to school. Henry and Ed would go to school, then um, come straight home and uh, do the chore, do the chores. Um, Yeah, and she 
preached immorality to the world to her sons and that all women besides her were naturally prostitutes and instruments of the devil is how she described other women um so edward was described as shy and teachers and classmates would say that his behavior was strange like edward would laugh randomly and say the jokes in his head makes him laugh and apparently that was really strange back then like i sometimes do it as well and Okay, it might be odd for other people, but to me it's not because I make myself laugh. Um, yeah, and Edward hardly had any friends. And when he would have friends, Augusta would be heavily against that because they would allow sin into his life. And she completely went off on him if he mentioned talking to someone. Now, Augusta and Ed had a close relationship. Edward claimed that his mom was his first love, his best friend, and he was just very obsessed with his mom. And on April 1st, 1940, his father George dies of heart failure, probably caused by all the heavy drinking. Henry and Ed pick up odd jobs around the town. And Henry was dating a divorced single mother with two kids and planned to move in with her. And Henry was very concerned for Ed. Like, Henry was getting out into the world, you know, dating women, wanting a life of his home, like, away from his mother and whatnot. But Ed still wanted to stay, and Henry spoke very poorly about Augusta to Ed, and Ed was obviously very upset about that. So on May 16th, 1944, um, Henry and Ed were working on the farm. They were burning away marsh vegetation on the property, but the fire got out of control, like it spread very quickly. So the fire department came and put the fire out. So then Ed claims that Henry was missing and a search party was put together f looking for Henry. And they eventually found his body lying face down, like um, a little bit far away from the farm. And um, uh, they claimed that his death was caused by heart failure because he didn't burn in the fire or anything. And later it was reported that he had bruise and bruises on his head, which was very suspicious. But police dismissed possibility of foul play. So the coroner um, pronounced asphyxiation as the cause of death. Some people would suspect that Ed killed his brother, but there's no proof of that. It's just it's only just speculation. And Ed seemed to be very happy because he had his mom all to himself. And a year later, Augusta had a stroke and she was confined to her bed. And Ed took care of her day and night. And Augusta was still like verbally abusive and very mean to him. But 
he still loved her nonetheless, and she called him a weakling and a failure the whole time. But then Augusta died uh, in December 1945 due to a stroke. And at the time, Ed was um, 39 years old, and he was devastated. He had to be, like, alone, and he had to fend for himself. And he was, like, given no life skills besides working small jobs. Like, he had no no social skills at all. He boarded up every room of the house, and he kept his mom's room in perfect condition. But the rest of the house was neglected. Like, there was lots of trash, piles of household items. There was, like, dust everywhere, like, like in the furniture. Like, on the furniture, there was, like, dust and just, like, trash. And he mainly hung out in the kitchen area. And, obviously, he was a hoarder because he was just surrounded by garbage and, like, things he didn't need. Um... So Ed, he was a loner. He never ventured off the farm, only in town. He was only in town running errands, or he went for the occasional beer at Mary Hogan's Tavern. And um, people started to second-guess convos with Ed. Like, Ed's jokes were always strange. Like, he had a very weird, strange... like very weird strange jesus he had a very weird taste in like his humor was really weird all right so one day mary hogan the tavern owner went missing and the only thing she left behind was a pool of blood and no one ever saw mary again and ed would joke about mary staying over overnight in his house but people thought it was only like a tasteless joke and thought nothing of it. Um, yeah, so um, this older woman, Bernice Warden, disappeared on November 16th, 1957. F- 1957. End of sentence. <laughs> and um, after hunting Frank Warden, the son of Bernice, um, he stopped at the hardware store where she was working to check up on her. And Bernice was a 58-year-old widow. So um, Frank had noticed that Bernice wasn't there at all. And she left the left door. She left the door unlocked and left the back door open, which was very weird for her. And... Frank looked around the store and then he noticed like a trail of blood by the register leading outwards, like smudged uh, towards the exit is how I imagine it to be. So Frank is worried and he looks around a little more and he finds a receipt for half a gallon of antifreeze that had been made out to Ed. So what Frank does is he notifies the police and he thinks that Ed was the last customer because there were no no receipts after that. And so the police come and they look at the hardware store and then go to Ed's farm for questioning. So 
here comes the gruesome parts and just like really gross okay so police searched ed's home and they found bernice's body in the back of the summer kitchen behind the house and she was hanging by her feet from an overhead pulley and she was naked and she also had like a cut from her pelvic bone to her chest and it seems that ed took out her insides insides and letting them drain um bernice also was decapitated and when the police saw that they called for backup okay so police explored the farm and its contents and whew, better buckle up because this is gonna be <laughs> a wild ride of disgusting shit holy crap okay so the police found human skulls and they have been sawed off and turned into soup bowls i mean that could be kind of cool but it's but it's like a real human skull if you know what i mean and like that's really fucking gross and they had found a chair that have had been upholstered in human skin like only the seat was um like human skin was uh, sawed on the like on the seat and um yeah they found lampshades out of flesh they found a box containing only human noses they also found a belt made out of uh, women's nipples like a belt that you wear like on your pants like they had it had like the buckle and all but it was just made out of nipples how and and why and you and um they also found like gloves made of human skin and uh, there also was like a shade pole decorated with a pair of women's lips and there was a shoe box containing dried women's genitalia <clears throat> Oh my god. <laughs> and on one wall of Ed's house there were faces of nine women. Like he peeled their he cut into their um face and he peeled their um skin off of their face but very careful in a way that it was still like stay in shape so um yeah he also sewed a long sleeve shirt out of human skin and he also sewed on like some breasts that he peeled off of a person and he also made like leggings out of human skin and also a corset from a female torso and ed would put on the shirt and the leggings and he wanted to dress up as a woman and be his mother he would also walk around as a woman in this skin suit for the night he would even go outside and he just wanted to be like his mom and um police had found 
uh, you remember the tavern owner, uh, Mary Hogan? Um, the police found Mary's face in a plastic bag. Yeah, I just tossed to the side, just her head in a plastic bag. And they also found tons of fingernails and tongues. And they also found a refrigerator stocked with human organs. And there was a human heart on the stove. And um, police th thought it was... Um, there were roughly 15 bodies. And they were searching like the whole day like they have been there all day long all night long and at 4 30 a.m they discovered a bloody burlap sack with a freshly severed severed head and there were large nails connected with a twine inserted into the ears and it was bernice yeah it was the head of bernice um, and police would ask Ed, like, hey, what are you, why are the, why are the nails in the head? What is that? Why are you going to do that? And Ed said that he was going to hang her head on his wall as decoration. Yeah. So Ed confessed to killing Mary years later. And um, you might be wondering where he gets, like, all the bodies from when he only killed two people well 12 years after his mother's death every night he would go to the local cemetery and he met someone by the name of gus and um, gus would help him dig up grave sites or graves and open up the caskets and get the bodies out and um ed had claimed that the skin of older bodies like were was like dry and very hard to work with like he couldn't sew so he needed new and fresh skin because um he liked that fresh skin was plump and moisturized so that's why ed decided to kill so ed was charged with one count of first-degree murder and pled not guilty for reasons of insanity. And he was sent to Central State Hospital for the criminally insane. And people in the community, they hated the house because it represented evil and disgust, but it also brought a lot of tourists. And they decided to put the house up for auction. And one day... Ed's home mysteriously caught on fire and arson was suspected. But people were kind of happy that the house is gone. And honestly, I would be because I believe that it was very like shocking and traumatizing for all the people there. So yeah, Ed stayed in the institution for the rest of his life and he passed away on July 26th in 1984 and he was buried in Plainfield and tourists would take bits of his headstone as souvenirs and in 2000 in the year 2000 someone went as far as stealing the whole headstone which was later found in Seattle and um, the story of Ed Gein actually 
inspired a bunch of movie makers. Like 1960, the movie Psycho came out and um, it was based on a character in a book by Robert Bloch, who was based of Ed. And in 1974, the movie Deranged came out. And the killer, Ezra, was also based off of Ed. And in 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre also like, was based off of Ed. And in 1991, The Silence of the Lambs came out. And the character Buffalo Bill was based off of Ed. So he inspired a lot of movie makers and a ton of great movies came out but still it was like one of the goriest cases I've heard talked about um you can also like look at the pictures of like the nipple belt and like the lampshades on google if you want <laughs> like um Yeah, but I'm just gonna warn you that it's gruesome, so maybe don't do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and um, yeah, stay safe, have a nice day, and yeah, goodbye! <laughs>